It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Good afternoon slash late early evening, everybody. It is BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, Trey Thomas, and the editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton. Hey, uh, Howie's a wizard. Still continues to be one, and that's what we're going to get into today because the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are not resting on their Super Bowl laurels. Uh, they have Michael Bennett now in-house. Torrey Smith is gone uh, Daryl Worley is back in, and let's start right there, guys, because uh, I'm fascinated that Howie Roseman is able to get something for literally nothing. There was nothing that they were going to cut Torrey Smith. They end up saving $4.3 million in cap space. They get a nice young player in return. Sure, has had a, a little bit of an up-and-down uh, start to his career in Carolina, but uh, uh, to me, Trey, this is this is a, a, a no-brainer, and this uh, makes it interesting now for uh, the defensive backfield. Definitely, uh, you know how he's just—he's working his magic right now, man. I mean, you know, uh, I guess Carolina—they just didn't want to get into a bidding frenzy with Tory. You know, once he hit their free agent market, but was I there going to be one? <laughs> I don't know. I guess they, yeah. they just tried to avoid it at all costs, and let's just go ahead and get it over with. But um, then now you're bringing home. You know, someone that's 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 familiar with the area. He's from Philly. You know, uh, I think that, you know, someone that can come in, and he's a young player that you can continue to develop and uh, you just keep working from there. Yeah, and uh, it, it's what, – what do you think happens kind of now, BLG? We'll, we'll certainly break down a lot of different stuff, but uh, this is what I'm going to ask to everybody else is what do you, what do you want the Eagles to kind of do next at uh, 888-729-9494? But – yeah, I mean, what, what is this? Does this uh, signal anything for you, BLG, with uh, Michael Bennett being here with uh, Torrey Smith now gone? And the, the the biggest questions or the biggest responses that I think I've seen over the past few weeks is now all those things that we had talked about, like you have to keep this team together. It's very special. It's already changed. 
uh, with with two different moves. And I expect it to keep changing and, and for Howie Roseman to keep uh, being active here. Well, I keep looking at the cap situation. You know, it's tight. They just added Michael Bennett, so that's even more money that's going to be on the books. Obviously, they can save some of that by trading Vinny Curry or cutting him at some point. Uh, you know, we heard, Why haven't they? We heard all – well, <laughs> I guess they're still trying to find value for him. I don't know. But the, so the other tricky part here is that uh, when you make a move like you made with Torrey Smith, you don't save that cap space right now. You only save that once the trade goes through on March 14th. So you still have to be under the cap by this Wednesday. So they're going to have to make some cuts here. You can't just make all trades because you have to make some cuts to get under the cap – by the time free agency begins on Wednesday. So they have a lot of work to do still. There's going to be some contract restructuring. Uh, you know, you, you might see some pay cuts. I mean, Brett Selleck apparently wants to play still, which is kind of surprising because who thought that was going to happen? Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to have to figure a lot of things out in a short amount of time here. I mean, it's not like this is catching them off guard. They've had a, a plan for this, but they're going to have to make some decisions real soon. Yeah, certainly that. And uh, they, they make, let's start with that first decision because in your eyes, Trey, uh, I look at Michael Bennett being here, and hopefully, you know, that doesn't signal that there's, you know, anything other surprising like Brandon Graham or even if any Curry is here or not. I mean, the the first thing I think we all thought was like, wow, uh, first of all, you're going to have a, a lot better production than Vinnie Curry if that's the way that they go. And mm-hmm. now that NASCAR package becomes even more versatile because oh, yeah. between him and Brandon Graham, that's all they've done since uh, in the in the past you know couple of years. And for Michael Bennett, he's doing that his entire career. Definitely, you know, you bring someone that's a an aggressive defensive lineman. You know, someone that you can mix and match in within the scheme. He can go from end to playing over the three technique. He can do whatever you you're looking for. Um, and, I, and like you said, I think it makes that NASCAR package a lot more dangerous. When you go back and you just look at the numbers, you know, just taking down a quarterback over the past five years. I mean, Michael Bennett had 39.5 sacks compared to BG over these past five years had 30. Vinny only had 22, you know, over these past two years, five years. So, you know, you're getting someone that's that can get after the quarterback that's bringing him down. And then also another aggressive front that you can just mix and match because now I can envision this defensive line being one of those guys where you can have everybody standing up and roaming around and you're not really knowing Absolutely. where they're going to come from. And then they just hit the lanes, you know, um, because now you can even have a front where you can have Fletcher Cox just go over to the side and you have these four guys where you have Chris Long, BG, uh, you know, uh, Barnett, and then uh, Bennett. And then, man, I mean, that's a that's a – a, a nightmare for some offensive lines. Yeah, especially on third down. I don't want to be oh, looking yeah. at that. Third, yes. 13, third and 12, third and 11, <laughs> whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I, I guess that's what I what I see there too, BLG, is just a, a, a number of different things uh, that they can do here. Do you th- and I don't think there's another big shoe dropping on the defensive line, just like you said, Vinny Curry makes a, makes a ton of sense here. But, yeah. uh, you know, BLG, how do you look at Michael Bennett uh, being in here and again? Uh, kind of like we, we've said all week how much there's a market inefficiency when you're looking at teams like Seattle or trying to find ways to to recoup all the money that they invested and get whatever they can at this point. A great move by Howie, but also just this is going to help Jim Schwartz a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, what they gave up to get Michael Bennett was Marcus Johnson, who wasn't a lock to make the team this year at all. Right. And I think, you know, it's a nice little pickup for them. I think he can be whatever their fourth receiver. But they also gave up, what, a seventh or the fifth, and, and they got the seventh back. That basically undid the Matt Tobin trade they did last year. So you, you get Michael Bennett for Matt Tobin, Marcus Johnson. I mean, those guys don't play. Mm-hmm. And getting Michael Bennett in here, and not only getting him 
but getting him and putting him in a role where he doesn't have to be this guy who plays not oh like 940 snaps or something you know that's where he was around last year mm. last year BG led the Eagles defensive lineman in snaps at something like 700 so mm. that's that's huge it's 200 less 200 fewer and i think that's going to be huge getting Michael Bennett in the system, you rotate him, you have all those options, as Trey was saying, you can move him inside, you can move him outside, all those guys, not just you know having those guys there, but having them be fresh too. I yeah. mean, that's, that's why we saw, in part, Chris Long and Derek Barnett be such great contributors last year, because they were coming off the bench and they were playing with full energy, because they didn't have to play the whole game and get tired. I mean, that's the special thing about this defensive line, is that it's not only talented, but they have so much depth as well. And you have a lot of depth, and you have a defensive front that is a very crafty rushers, and it makes it hard for an offensive lineman when you're preparing. You know, you're like you have to keep it all straight in your head. Like, all right, this guy likes to do this, this guy likes to do that, and you know, and then you might come in thinking, all right, I'm going to be dealing with BG most of the time, and then now you have Bennett or Barnett, and it just it messes up a lot of offensive linemen with their thinking because all of these guys are aggressive rushers, and they have their own style of rush, which is make, makes them even more dangerous, you know, as a defensive front. Oh, yeah, because you're going through an entire game. You're you're used to somebody's moves like, okay, if yeah. he does this, we're going to go here. Yeah. And now, uh, yeah, just like, you know, you were pointing out there, BLG, too, if you have – if you have a guy, and, and granted, some people have been knocking Bennett's production. He's like, well, you know, because of what you said, he had somewhere around 800 snaps or something right. like that and, hmm. and eight, eight and a half sacks when, versus Brandon Graham, who was, I think, just under 700 and, and had one more sack going through there. But that's uh, that shows you the type of player that M- Michael Bennett was there. I mean, he was mm-hmm. he was the main dude that, that, that keeps coming in there. And, yeah, you, that that is – and here's my other question to you, Trey. Because of the different things that we, we saw towards the end of the season, the pass rush can be as, as good as it wants to be. It can be, uh, you know, have that heavy rotation and, and guys can get in there. Is is Jim Schwartz and the quick passing game, is that still going to constantly affect that kind of rotation even though it's improved itself? Well, I think that this front – what do you? What I'm sorry. What, what do you mean? You so I'm just saying, like it, it still looks really good, and obviously it's improved. Oh, yeah. But there's still ways to kind of counteract that. Do you think guys like Worley or or whatever ends up happening with Sidney Jones coming on the field? Yeah, is that where they kind of be like, all right, that's enough of that. You can't beat us there either. Yeah, because when you because when you look at our defense and you're looking at the corners, at the end of the day, I, all I need my corners to do is get throw, throw off the routes. To give my defensive front 2.5 seconds. If you can give my defensive front 2.5 seconds, someone should be getting home. And if no one's getting home, then we've invested our money the wrong way. <laughs> you know, and I think that this front is talented enough, especially you adding Bennett into it, is talented enough to get a helmet on the quarterback within before that 2.5 range. And I think there is certainly more that this team can do to improve itself. Yeah. And we want to know what exactly you would do to try and now improve this team because I got to tell you, the NFL is so busy right now, including including that little weasel, Sean McVay, who's, who's scared <laughs> of the Eagles, who keeps investing in the in corners, and we'll certainly get into that. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's another guy on the defensive line that I think can and will come here, and I think that'll be the biggest surprise. And then nobody's going to touch this defensive line. It is BGN Radio, Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gout, and John Barchard all here, 888-729-9494. Right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 
You know, it's pretty funny because the the NBA always gets praised for like how crazy their offseason is and certainly like how how many moves are made and it's really interesting and there's dramatic things that are happening. Whew, the Browns yeah. have been busy, and I don't know if it's really been good. It's just been like <laughs> we have all these picks, let's just go find some people. Uh the Rams, however, have started to dig in and you know, they started this thing with Marcus Peters and then they go and get a keep to leave and you're just going like Okay, I see that, and there there is a, a a sense of like, oh, the Rams aren't messing around, and certainly that's uh, Wade Phillips's guys for the most part. That, that makes a ton of sense, and uh, you know they they wanted uh, to switch it up. They get rid of Robert Quinn. I'm curious what what they still do, and that's why I think Howie's. I don't want to say it's like an arms race, and they're trying to keep pace here, but certainly there's a target on their back, and everybody is is trying to improve to beat these guys. Uh, what I think is funny is like I don't think that really does a ton for the Rams. Marcus Peters, yes, absolutely. Yeah, we we have seen there has been a a large narrative that's like, oh well, he just wasn't that great in Denver. No, Alshon Jeffrey can beat Talib anytime and anywhere in any way that he wants to. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. I, it doesn't make me now scared of the Rams or or any of this, but it certainly just says, you know, the Eagles have to. And just like how he said, they can't just. Rest on their laurels, and we, we've seen that already, Trey. Well, at the end of the day, I don't care who you put at secondary. If you don't have anybody that can get to the quarterback, <laughs> you know, have more cares? than one guy. Yeah, yeah, you have to have more than one guy. You know, you know, I hate to say it, though. I'm a man, you know, a Florida State alum. I mean, you put three Dion's out there, and you give the quarterback <laughs> three seconds, they're going to get lit up. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just – it just is what it is. I mean, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that Howie and them are doing a really good job at is building this thing up front, and then you branch it out from there. You know, uh, get all your headhunters up front, and then now we can mix and match and plug some guys in on the back end. Uh, we get a couple. Uh, you get a little bit more speed out there at the receiver end, and then there you go. But I mean, the main thing is making sure that the Quarterback is protected, and that we can get to the quarterback on the other side of it. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. That is Trey Thomas. I'm John Barcher. Brandon Lee Gouton in here from uh, the uh, editor in chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. This is this BG and Radio, and uh, after enjoying some nice Philly spring training, uh, we are back to football here. And BLG, this is this is some of the things that I think are are pretty interesting in terms of like what is going to happen next for the Eagles. And uh, there's not a ton of things that I think they can do in free agency, but there's been some interesting names that have been floating around. I remember you uh, writing uh, about uh, 24 hours ago that Tavon Austin had some high interest in playing for the Eagles, which first of all, uh, and secondly, uh, there is another thing that happened that's been linked for for quite a while as well. And I heard D'Angelo Hall say on Undisputed that he doubled down and he said uh, that Sue wanted to come here to Philadelphia, which makes a ton of sense. There's Jim Short's connection there. Uh, obviously the, the reports of like, I would play here for free during joint practice <laughs> is not going to be true, but I can't get that out of my head when we're talking about doubling down on a strength and making sure that uh, this defensive line has that massive rotation. I have no idea who is going to stop Sue Cox, Graham, and whoever else you can put on Jernigan. there. If you yeah. want to yeah, go, yeah. go for it. If Tim Jernigan is your second guy in the rotation, man, good luck. <laughs> That's what I say. So what 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 do you think? Do you think either one of those names end up landing here? What was the first one? Tavon Austin. Oh, yeah. Austin. See, the Austin thing, I think that the only way they would do that and the only way they should do that 
is, and it, it didn't sound like they were interested in him, to be clear. It was that he wants to come here, apparently, because, you know, it's probably closer to his home. To, you know, he's from Baltimore, closer to where he is, obviously, now. Um, he played for Mike Groh. He has that connection. And it's it's the Super Bowl champs. Of course you want to play for them. So, also, maybe he wants to play for a better coach than Sean McVay. It could be. And Doug Peterson. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Um, I don't... If Austin happens, another thing about Austin is that he is going to be cut probably. So if you sign him, it doesn't count against the compensatory pick formula because those players who get cut don't count against that. So if you want to take a shot on him, whatever. I don't know. The numbers aren't good though. If you look, just look at his numbers, they're not good. And well, not only that, I mean, people say, well, it was a bad coaching. It's bad coaching. He's but- had a lot of chances though, and he's going to be 27. It's right. like, you, he's probably, so if you want to take a shot on him, fine, but you can't like, you're not going to give him any money. And then with Sue, I mean, that's interesting because he has already made so much money. You know, he yeah. got that crazy contract in Miami. What if he just wants to win? Like, I don't, you know, you know, players are always going to care uh, about uh, the price tag. And I, I don't I don't think he's coming to play for free. I don't, I don't no, he might have said no. that. He's not playing for free. But um, that would be crazy. I mean, that would be sick. And, and he, you know, he played with shorts, so that connection is there. And, and if he gets cut, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if it happens. And it sounds like he is. So. There's going to be some interesting things there, and oh my! I just I keep thinking about it. It seems like you know it's it's not realistic, but if it happened, I mean, you're talking about this arms race and everything. I mean, this is what the Eagles have to do though, because the NFL changes year to year. You can't just come back with the same roster from last year and assume you're going back to the Super Bowl. You have to make these changes. I wonder how Sue would mix into that defensive front, though. You know, because because yeah. at the end of the day, that's that's Fletcher Cox's room. It is. You <laughs> it know, is. that's his room. And then you yeah. bring someone like Sue in that with his personality. I wonder how that would affect how things are within that room. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because I, I, from what I understand, and people kind of said this about Bennett, too, that, oh, you know, he's a cancer in the locker room. I don't think that at all. I just yeah. think, one, it's two guys that love being a part of their, their squad and will try and get in everybody's heads. And as we know, Sue's been a little dirty in his past, but a little bit. If they're if they're a holes, there are a holes. That's how I That's, look at and, it. And, and if they're wearing and the right I love jersey that on the defensive yes, front, yes. And if and, it, and it's going to make everyone hate the Eagles even more. I'm all for it. And we don't like, care. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. No, no one likes us and we don't care. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Let's kick things off with Matt down there in Raleigh. What's up, Matt? Hey, um, I just had one uh, question about a potential free agent. Um, it seems to me it's likely that Foles is going to be traded. Um, kind of feels that way, and we'll, we'll certainly get into that a, a little more in the 5 o'clock hour, but, yeah, we're with you. And, uh, you know, not saying whether he should be or not, but I'm wondering if bringing in someone with some experience like Teddy Bridgewater would make sense as a backup because it would seem that they would have cap space potentially to do that. Um, if they trade Foles, uh, the Toy Smith, and I think washes with the Bennett signing, but they should have some space to bring in, you know, you know, on a short-term deal similar to what Foles signed for. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, if Teddy wants to come and do that, that makes sense. I, I don't think he's going to be in a in demand for a lot of starting jobs, uh, uh, but that would certainly might be one of them, depending on Wentz's health. If they do make that move, they're certainly going to have to sign a sign of you Someone. know a vet. Um, you know, maybe that's McCown. Maybe that's bring Matt McGloin back. Yeah, no, Matt don't, McGloin. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that. But uh, yeah, I, I could, I could see something like that, Matt. Yeah. All right, We appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much. And that's like where I, I start to look at these things in and, and here you go. He's, here's another loose one from, from Seattle. They are purging 
Uh, Paul Richardson is looks like he's out. He's tweeted that on his own. It was one thing I do know. I had a ball in Seattle, so that just yeah, he's going to be a free agent. Happened there. So again, like I, I start thinking things, and I, I don't know if this team needs another wide receiver. I think that they have some interesting pieces there. Sure, you could see what happens with Shelton Gibson. Not going to be able to rely on him certainly on. Uh, you know, his training camp performances and preseason dropping balls and things like that. But Greg Ward's kind of in there, too, so they have this this spot that's going on now that Marcus Johnson looks like he's going to be uh, more than a wide receiver for now in, yeah. in Seattle. Uh, John Brown keeps coming to my mind, and I know that's that's something that is just like, well, you know, that that's always, especially in your fantasy lineups, uh, oh, he's he's that sleeper. He's that guy that's going to come out and do that. Uh, he's been making under a million dollars for for the past couple of uh, years, so I don't know what his price tag is going to be, but I wouldn't mind that as some speed just to kind of throw something in there that's a little different than than Matt Collins if you can get him for a decent price. Because, uh, you, you know, you're going to need some speed out there because you get rid of Torrey Smith. Um but then now, you know, once you go out and you do the reports and you do, you know, you go through all the mock drafts and everything. And one of the names that keeps coming up is DJ Clark from uh, out oh, of yeah. um, LSU. You know, yeah. a four three, four three forty guy. He you jumped know? off the tape. Yeah, Back, I think he got the call from Dion too. So yeah, time to go you home. Know, yeah. yeah, you know when you have when you have speed like that. I know nothing about that speed. You know, <laughs> I was never a fast guy. I was quick. You didn't, even, you, you didn't even bother running the 40, right? No, not at the yeah. combine. No, yeah. I just showed up and just did my measurements and did the bench <laughs> press, and I got on out of there. You know, but, but I would like to say that, you know, even though as heavy as I am right now and I keep having to go and talk to my cleaners mm-hmm. about how they're shrinking my suits because something is going on. <laughs> something is going on. Yeah. But anyway, but I would like to think that if I was given a month or so of intensive track Running technique stuff. Yeah, that I would come in under a five eight. <laughs> Are you? Is that a shot at Orlando Brown? I'm just saying, man. You know, I'm just you know five eight. You know, that's that's historically bad. Like no one has ever done that nah, before. Not that I yeah. heard of. Yeah. You know, and then you show up at the combine and you're running in all tights. Yes, all shorts. You have on all spandex, and you finish strong with a five eight. I mean, I feel like BLG could walk a five six. You know, so. I, I'm I'm with you. If Roger Goodell can run a, a Roger Goodell a sub five eight in in in, in a suit. suit, yeah. And when you're making thirty plus mil a year, I'm pretty sure whatever you're wearing some special loafers. <laughs> These aren't just your regular Skechers. Yeah. You know he's coming out there and I, not to put a slide on Skechers, but I yeah. mean he's coming out there <laughs> and some Italian you know wood bottom you know type of shoe or leather or whatever it is. Maybe some Gators. Is yeah. Like Rogers, I don't know. Guy? You know I, I don't I don't know if he's a Gator guy, yeah. but it's probably some type of special leather. And he went out there and ran a five four. Yeah, in the hallways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Suppo- supposedly. Supposedly, really like I don't know. The... It might have been timed on the sundial. Who he knows? Looked, he looked like he was moving. Yeah, yeah he, he, he was, was trucking, yeah. and he was yeah. a, you know it was yeah. a little heavy, heavy breathing at the end. Yep. Uh, do you guys also get the sense that I don't know that there's just something that is going to be like a big boom because there has been not just here in Philadelphia. Uh, I get the sense that there is so many more other trades coming. In the NFL, the Eagles have to be a part of that mm-hmm. at, at yeah. some point, too. Like, you know, our last caller just brought up Nick Foles. I want you guys to start thinking of that as we get on here because there are a couple of things in my head that I, I could see some things happening, some packages uh, that you could try and alleviate some cap pressure and, and do some of that stuff, too. But uh, let's uh, continue on with uh, George in Kajahagan. What's up, George? Good, man. Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Yes, is very that's true. right. So, I mean, you just touched on it, but like just all the recent trades that happened. Michael Bennett was a fifth. 
The team to leave with a fifth. The Browns gave up nothing of value for what they just did. Yeah. Even going back, to, even going back to last year, JJ with a four. And it's like, I mean, all the guys that have moved. I mean, they're solid NFLers. Maybe not all pro, but they're solid. And I feel like they're just like that. That seems the thing. You just give up a lottery ticket for some quality NFL dudes. Yeah, especially with you know uh, what the Eagles needed at, at this point in time, and and it really helped uh, for their Super Bowl run. And you're starting to see that all over the place now. Like there are, I don't know what it is, and and again, it's the same thing that happened in in Carolina. And I I don't know if if Worley's going to end up working out, but I mean that kid does have a lot of flash in, in his game. Uh, and I know that Panthers fans are kind of upset, and maybe it just didn't work out for them. It's uh, it's kind of like Eric Rowe reverse. So now now the Eagles take all these different key players for, you know, and and really, at the end of the day, the draft is really four rounds long, and that's it, because the hit rate after the fifth round, less than 7%. So yeah. it is it is no-brainer to go and trade for what's going to help your team right now as opposed to hoping that, you know, that fifth, sixth, seventh ends up working out. Yeah, speaking of late-round picks, like, going back to last year, when everyone was on the, you know, trade Kelsey and trade Cambridge bandwagon, like, I think we, you're like for what you're you're not going to get anything of real value with them and holding on to it now pays really paid off. So like a fifth rounder is nothing. And Kelsey Kendrick good players if they were kind of uh, not having a good year last couple of years. So yeah, and it's always good to I mean try and get something. I mean sometimes it's whether it's cap or scheme or new coaches or whatever it is. Uh, it, 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 it sometimes you just have to do that and, and bite that bullet. But uh, the Eagles are certainly taking advantage of that early yeah. on here, and we'll certainly get into who might be on the move. And is it true that Ronald Darby could really be moved for a third-round pick? Because I have a lot of questions about that, and I want to get your guys' opinion on it as well. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is having quite a nice offseason so far, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just casually hanging out in what seems to be a hotel bedroom with a full pepperoni pizza, which gets the approval from Brandon Lee Gowton. Yeah. That's, That's a yeah. solid That's choice. I'm good yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm good with that. Yeah. But uh, a three-second video of that with some uh, cut up something. powdery substance, which, again, probably just Adderall, right, Trey? Could be. He was getting ready to study for a test. Yeah. Needed to dial in, focus a little bit. <laughs> I you understand know, who that. Who knows, you know. But, you know, what is going on, man? I don't know. Like, you know. And who is recording this stuff? I don't know, but Brad <laughs> Wing, their punter, you know, our, our old friend uh, from LSU, got the, got the old heave-ho, like, literally 12 hours after. The people are, And then there's a bunch of Giants reporters coming and saying, listen, it's nothing to do with anything. It's just... How it happened. Yeah, okay. You're just going to randomly is, cut why, your punter? Why is OBJ hanging out with the Giants punter? Well, you know. I, I don't know. Because he's, <laughs> he's probably not that popular. I don't know. It seems like it's... Uh, uh, so the Giants are having a fantastic offseason. Yes. But, and, uh, you know what? No, now, the Giants guy, I'm sorry, is the Gi- is he's like the, he's like the fitness guy, right? Big time fitness dude? The kicker? Uh, uh, oh, he no, might. I don't know. No, I don't oh, think so. about Weatherford. He's, oh, okay. he's retired. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, know, you know, like Odell <laughs> like to be around with his shirt off and stuff yeah. with the other guys, you know. No, so Brad, I don't know. Brad Wing certainly likes a cocktail or two, at least uh, by, to to my knowledge. So <laughs> that, may, that makes a lot of sense of, of them being together. But there is, I, I, I really do and truly think that the Giants are going to take Saquon Barkley. I think there's, I, and, it, and it's just kind of lining up that way. They're certainly not going to take a quarterback if he's there. Um, 
I, I don't I just don't see it happening. So I am I am loving that. And I know there's a lot of Penn State fans in the area like, hey man, what do you mean? What do you mean? I think Saquon's a, a phenomenal running back, but this generational thing that they're kind of slapping on him, how can you be generational with no offensive line in Eli Manning? You know, that's <sighs> fine by me. Or if it forces if Michael Bennett and all this other stuff, and let's say Sue does come here and it forces them into taking a guard at two, <laughs> awesome. I'm I'm all for it. So uh we'll, we're definitely looking at uh Everybody else that is that is uh, making the moves in the around the NFL, uh, and uh, we're kind of waiting on the rest of the NFC East here too. Because you know, as we were saying earlier, the the Rams are the only ones that are really diving in, and as they should. And I I just want to get back to that for a second because isn't that also uh, people have been making the same arguments? Well, that's what the Eagles basically did last year is they they got all these different guys and and they went in. But I I think it's clearly different. That seems like an all in move. We're going to do this for two years and just see what happens. And then they could be in the same mini situation that the Seahawks are in now where you're going to have to get rid of a lot of different talent because you're going to have to pay your rookie quarterback by that point after those two years. Uh, and you got to make sure that Marcus Peters works out somehow. You're going to have to pay him. You would have to pay uh, Tlaib at that point. So I don't know. Like I, I, I'm not going to say it's. A, I like. I, I if I was a Rams fan, I would like the moves too. But mm. I don't think that's a guarantee of like this is just going to work. No, you know, no. I, I think it's a lot different than what the Eagles did. They, they, they for, and, and granted, it's it's still spending money. It's still free agency. It's still whatever. What, what do you see any differences in between what the what the Eagles did last year and what the Rams are doing now? As far um, as like their team philosophy, because it seems like I don't know. They're and sure, you have to do that. You have to take a shot at some point before you have to pay your quarterback. But well, like Trey said earlier, I think their defensive like they got rid of Robert Quinn. They're getting rid of some of their defensive line mm-hmm. depth. Um, they're obviously adding a lot at corner, which is good. Although I will say, you know, the Eagles were not afraid of Marcus Peters in the Chiefs game last year. They're having it's success against him. They also weren't too afraid of Akeem Talib because they threw to him early on in the game. It was game plan for it. Yeah, Alshon yeah. Jeffrey scored a touchdown or actually two touchdowns. Right, on it. so. Um, so when it comes to that, you know, I don't think the Eagles are, are suddenly, you know, shaking in their boots at that prospect, but, um, I, you know, I think the Rams are doing a fine enough job. I mean, they're adding talent here. They're not giving up a ton for it. I think, you know, um, there's, there's pressure on them. They're in that market. I think that's always kind of a, a unique situation that something like we don't account for and, and we take for granted because the Eagles are here. Like that's not a factor yes. with them. It's more of a factor. And it's also, I think why they won a bunch of those awards, like coach of the year and all that stuff because the NFL. Hey, look, look Rams at this are franchise. back in LA and everything's great. So <laughs> yeah, and if they win a Super Bowl, they you know they are building a new stadium. So yeah. is this the last year they're going to be in the Coliseum too? So yeah. makes a lot of sense to get the hype and then get the price tickets up. Maybe they can fill their. Stadium well, they're not winning once. another Super Bowl. They're not winning a Super Bowl. We're going back. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's back. what it feels yeah. like. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. It is BGN Radio. Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gout, and of course I'm John Barchard here. Let's start with uh, Chris in South Philly. What's up, Chris? Yo, what's up, guys? How you doing? Good, man. All right. What's up, Trey? Listen, Trey, I ran into you last night at the Maxwell's. I want to thank you for uh, taking a picture of my son, too. He was uh, he was pretty excited about it. All right, cool. And, uh, great, great story about uh, with Coach Bowden, too. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I um, appreciate that. I wanted to, Trey, I wanted to talk to you real quick about the offensive line. Um, you know, I, I think we had one of the best offensive lines in the league, if not the best, last year. Um, but obviously we're going to see some some potential change there with possibly Peters and Vitae. Um, you see anything else that's going on? I mean, from an inside perspective, being that you're one of the best offensive linemen we've had? <laughs> uh, I think that it's going to – you're just going to have to figure out what they're going to do with Peters if you're going to bring him back. 
Um, what would you do? What I, I would. would you do? Would you if, if if Peters was healthy, I'd definitely bring him back. Yep. You know, and see okay. if we can restructure his deal or whatever and bring him back because he just gives you that depth. Because right now, if Vitae goes down, then what do you have? Nothing. Yeah, yeah you're going to have, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, Taylor exactly. Hart. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have heart. You know, so that could be a problem. So I would definitely see about what we could do to bring Jason Peters back. And then from there, you just work from there because I think that even kind of. Firm, it kind of helps you with decisions that you make when, he, when you're looking at the quarterbacks as well. Because, you know, you want to make sure that when Wentz comes back, you want that offensive line to be solid. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, no, hole, no holes at all. Mm-hmm. What do you think they'll address? You think they'll address offensive line in the draft early or late? I think they're going yeah, to Chris, have to. Yeah, you're going to have to bring some depth in. Yeah, and there's uh, the good, and we appreciate the call, but there is so many good offensive linemen in this draft, and specifically – with the tackles, and you know, certainly we were talking about Orlando Brown earlier. I thought that might have been might have been a nice pickup, but now now he's probably talked himself into a nice day yeah. three contract of of some sort. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's Mike McGlinchey, and I know people kind of are back and forth on him, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of good offensive tackles you can groom, and this is again kind of the philosophy that the Eagles need to adapt here. You need to go find a lot of draft picks, and you need to find guys that are are gonna be up next. Use the time right now so you don't have any of these rookies that have to just jump in there right away. Unless they're good enough. If they're good enough, that's great. And and maybe you have a camp battle in there. But uh, this is where they're going to need draft capital. And certainly we will talk about how they're going to try and get that. Nick Foles has been a hot conversation for the last three weeks. But now Ronald Darby seems to be on that. And we'll get into that more after the break. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD 1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio. With you for another hour, and then Ruben Frank coming in uh, from six to ten. John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gouton, and Trey Thomas all here with you. And this is uh, part of the off season where I, I don't really understand one. It was kind of funny today because I I think everybody just remembers whatever they want about the season, and that's how the player did, and that's pretty much it. it got some funny things about Jason Peters too. It's just like, well, he was playing bad before he went down, and uh, you can just oh, cut man. him and do it. It's like, man, he was. Ridiculous. Best left tackle in the what league. What are you talking about? Down. He was playing bad before he <laughs> left. Are you real? Yeah, are you for real. I was like, come on, come now. on, man. Come and on. the same thing has kind of happened with uh, with Ronald Darby, and and it's and I understand, like, of course, Sidney Jones is going to be here, and that's going to be the future, and I'm really excited to see that. I think he can be uh, of an elite level type of corner in this league. You have him and Jalen Mills, and then you have. Uh, you know, uh, Worthy that can come in here and be the backup, or maybe that's Razul Douglas' CB3 or whatever they end up wanting to do. And then all of a sudden, Ronald Darby's just bad and expendable, and somehow being bad and expendable can net you a third-round pick? Like, I, 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 I am very curious on exactly what they do, and obviously, you know, the Mort Report had kind of floated it out there that they're going to try and recoup this at some point in time because they have a, a plethora of DBs, and they said DBs, he didn't say corners. He said it in the context of talking about Sidney Jones. Though. Correct. So. Yes. Uh, uh, but I, I, I don't really understand that. You know, it, figure it out after this year. If Darby ends up walking, he's going to get you a, a compensatory pick anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's probably going to be maybe a fourth or fifth rounder. There are a ton of free agents from this uh, this year alone, which will probably net you some of that as well. I mean, sure, if it comes to it and they give you a third rounder, 
Yeah, I mean, you you have enough already. It's what you've kind of set yourself up to be. I wouldn't be mad if they ended up getting that back. But I don't know. BLG, do you understand how, how – one, I just don't know how you get that back for a guy that's on his last year of his deal. Well, yeah, I think kind of more just throughout the compensation thing. Like, I don't know if he was specifically even saying that or Darby, but I think the logic in it is that what we saw with the Tim Jernigan trade last year when the Ravens, they knew they weren't resigning him because they wanted to pay Brandon Williams and they didn't want to pay Tim Jernigan, so they sent him out because they knew they weren't going to pay him and they figured, let's get something for him now. So if that's the situation, I get the logic behind that. With that said... I'm not rushing to move on from Ronald Darby. I think he's a good player. I think you look at how he might have been a little bit up and down last season. You know, I don't think people are accounting for the fact that he had a serious ankle injury in week one. What, he had a fractured ankle. And, and yeah. we all thought this season was going to be done. Yeah, the moment also, we saw that injury. looked horrendous. Yeah, it looked horrendous. Yeah. We all thought he was going to be done. Somehow he came back. And he had some good games. You look at that first Dallas game that he played in. Right after his first game back, he, he was great. He had one of the like most underrated plays of the season when he intercepted Derek Carr at the end of the Raiders game. Mm-hmm. And they won... The, they or they clinched the number one seed in the NFC yeah. on Christmas. I mean, if they lose that game, then you have to play your starters and you have to try to beat Dallas in Week 17. Like so, he had, he had some big impact plays uh, on this season, and I, I'm not rushing to get rid of him. I would like to keep him around. Yeah. Maybe maybe you don't even sign him to a long term, but that's fine. At least you get a year out of him, one more year out of him. And you know, I don't. I, they they have a lot of talented corners. I'm not rushing to give them away. I agree with that. You know, uh, I think that Darby is, you know, he's a ball hawk out there, and he can make some plays for you. Um, you know, I, and then with, with Sidney Jones coming back, you know, I think that he's going to be the one that, you know, you, you're waiting to come back. I don't know what you're going to do with Mills. I mean, it's, it's good when you have a lot of talent in that yeah. secondary and you can kind of make some decisions, you know, uh, that, that you know that's going to be better for the team, you know, but I don't think – Getting rid of Darby is the answer right away. Yeah, and it's not, and I'm not necessarily saying that yeah. if you get rid of Darby, oh, you're just weak. You know, you've had this strength, and we have waited seven years to have a good cornerback problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm not in a rush to just, you know, move on and, and yeah. do all this stuff. Uh, on, on top of which, I, I, this is the other thing I don't understand. It's not like he, they didn't play bad in the postseason. And I think everybody's reference point to like, well, Darby wasn't that great in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Who was? No Who in the secondary played a good Super Bowl? None of them did because I can show you how many points the Patriots scored. It was a track meet. You know, it came down to one play, came down to the defensive line. And man, I mean, and, and, okay. <laughs> and then you have, I mean, that's Brady. That has yeah. seen and it's Tom Brady. everything. There's nothing that you can throw at Brady that's going to surprise him other than he having to have to catch a pass. You know, but other than that, you know, there's nothing on the defensive side of the ball that you can throw at this guy that's going to throw him off. And he's a master at he throws his receivers open. Yes. So, you know, you can't base it off of that. You know, I mean, I think that, you know, that that win is more of a testament to Doug at just staying aggressive and being in a shootout and being able to make the plays and, and make the calls that could keep this team rolling. But. You know, I, yeah, it was a tough game for everybody on that secondary because, I mean, you know, Tom Brady did throw for 500 yards, and it wasn't just on Darby. <laughs> no, no, it was uh, it was on a lot of different guys. And, you know, there's just Amendola just hanging out wide open. There's Chris yeah. Hogan hanging out wide open. And, you know, I, I, they're, they're, that's kind of been the theme throughout uh, a lot of the season towards the tail end there. Like the secondary just 
wasn't together, or the D-line wasn't together. It was rare that they had uh, a really great games, unless it was, you know, mm-hmm. Atlanta, that was uh, it was solid. Mm-hmm. The, the Vikings, that was dominant. Like, all, all of that happened, uh, you know, through those two games, and I think we tend to forget that. Also, the only cool thing, uh, getting back to Daryl Worley just for a moment, and if you are thinking about replacing him, uh, you know, again, uh, just kind of very up and down start to his career so far, but has had three interceptions in six attempts at double moves, which we know has been a large yeah. narrative for this for this Eagles secondary. So that's kind of nice to see that that just really tells you his instincts are really good, uh, and, and maybe they end up uh, doing some different things here. But so when I, when I keep looking at this Eagles team, and I don't know if, if you guys completely agree, but I, I, <laughs> they need more than six picks this year. They yeah. do, and that that's yeah. what they're stuck and, with and right now. And they'll have more. Like, mm-hmm. guaran- I guarantee there will be more than six picks in this draft. So I, I keep looking at the roster for, like, all right, where's the best value that you would have either replacement guys with that, that can step in right away, uh, as free agents that you may might be able to go and sign. And it really just comes back down to, like, the same couple of guys that, that I've been thinking. Now, maybe it's one of the safeties. Maybe it's Malcolm Jenkins. He's been on the block before. I, I don't know what that – Nets you, and when I'm thinking in terms of value, they need to find something in day two. Maybe Brandon Graham is one of those guys, and that would be a little surprising to me if they did it. I still don't think that nets you anything in day two. Rodney McLeod, maybe. maybe. And that's one of the things that jumped out to me more than it did Ronald Darby, and certainly Jack Fritz and the rest of the BGN radio crew uh, have been thinking that, except for maybe you, BLG. I don't think it you're doesn't make that, sense so. financially. You gotta, you're gonna have seven million in dead money and one million saved. So like, you're not. You're not even saving anything, and then you're getting rid of a start in safety. Uh, it's not impossible, yeah. but it's not like uh, likely, I would say. Michael Kendricks, it's another guy that's been reportedly on the block since, I don't know, he's been on the Forever. football team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Every year, yeah. he's on the block. Every single year. <laughs> and whether it's been the Eagles or him requesting it like he did last yeah. January, <laughs> uh, his name is always is in trade rumors. And again, I don't think that nets you a day two pick. I don't think somebody's willing to give up a, a third or a second rounder Probably for not. those guys. So it comes down to the same guys that I always think of. Zach Ertz, he's not going anywhere. Lane Johnson, no. he's not going anywhere. What is bright and beautiful and shiny and the <laughs> Eagles have uh, the luxury of of having a Super Bowl MVP and it's Nick Foles. This hey. is this looks to me like it's an inevitable thing. Yeah. Like mm. there are a lot of QB hungry teams shocking cuz that's what it seems like every single year. Mm. The Broncos, the Cardinals were all in on the Tyrod Taylor trade. Uh, the Browns ended up getting him for a third round pick 65 overall. So you're going to go like all right, uh I, I do believe somebody thinks that Nick Foles can be a starter for their squad, and uh, maybe it's not just uh, I shouldn't be taking all of the NFL draft media's uh, takes on what this QB class is, but I certainly agree with them. I don't feel comfortable with any single one of them starting day one. Of course, I said that about Carson Wentz, too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, a Nick Foles, Josh Rosen roster in, in Arizona seems like it would work. A The same thing with the Bills if they want to go and do that. They all have draft picks and they don't have quarterbacks. Trey, is it Nick Foles' time? Uh, man, you know, <laughs> I would not get rid of Nick Foles, me personally. I mean, it would have to be a any pick over 20 for me to entertain getting rid of Nick Foles. You know, um, that's that's just tough. And what about a swap? What about a swap if it gets you up higher in the first round? And they they have fifteen, you? so we yeah. the Eagles have thirty two. What if you could like somehow get up to fifteen? If I could get up to fifteen, then yes, I'll go yeah. ahead. All right, Foles. Hey man, 
I appreciate your work, but you know, <laughs> but, but you know, other than that, I, I wouldn't entertain it just because you know you, you don't know where Wentz is going to be, and then now you're saying, okay, we're going to start the season off with Sudfeld, and I don't know, I haven't seen enough of him to say, all right, I'm good. Yeah, none with, of us yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I, we don't know now. The coaches in the locker room, they they can make a better assessment of that yeah. because, like you said, we didn't know much about Wentz until you know. Until he the first game and then because he missed all the preseason yep, yep. and then he comes in and lights it up and everybody like all right we're on the wins bandwagon but you know I, I don't know if Sutfeld is um there yet you no. know because I mean what I mean, if, I'm shocked that everybody said that oh man he's turning heads in practice like turning heads in practice this is the same guy in Indiana I saw overthrowing everybody it's like why they asked him not to throw and now suddenly guys that have literally been telling us a, a lot of things that we questioned in 2016. And, you know, Doug with his reference to the 1996 Packers. And look, that ended up being pretty true. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. every, the Frank Reich and everybody saying like, yeah, this kid's really good. Dee Filippo saying like, I would love him here and all this stuff. So you go, all right, well, there has to be something there. And again, I don't know why it's like, well, it's either Foles or Sudfeld. They would obviously bring somebody in. They're not just going to have Nate Sudfeld just be like, okay, kid, go get him. For the for the first couple of weeks here, and again, it, you know, it, I, have you eaten yet, Brandon? Because it depends on you know this next question uh, on. I, it's, it, he's been Brandon's been saying you got to get rid of Nick Foles since <laughs> since the, the, the since the final whistle of the Super Bowl. It seems like so, uh, but I understand where he's coming from because th- again, you do not want to get stuck in a situation where it is. Uh, what if he plays no games? You know, what yeah. if Nick Foles does not touch the field and you hold off because, well, you know, ju- just in case and have that number one insurance policy there. Yes. Uh, people just automatically think that he's going to start for four or five games. And yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think either one are necessarily like, well, that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like you can say trading him is a risk and it is. Like I, yeah. I don't disagree with that, yeah. but you, but keeping him is also a risk. Like there's risk on both sides. It's not just like a, once, uh, a one-way street here. I, I think... I keep looking at the Eagles cap situation. And like I said earlier in the show, it's not that just like they can trade some guys and free up some money, but they also have to make some room before. And I'm not saying they would, you know, cut foals because the cuts are going to make room before, but they're going to still, even after they get under the cap, they're still going to have to make some more moves to free up money, to, to re-sign some of the guys they want or, or get some of these free agents or just to have enough money for the draft picks that they're going to have to sign in May. So, there's a lot of work to be done, and I think I keep looking at the cap situation and with Selleck potentially coming back, with Torrey Smith being traded now, like some of those obvious moves are going, and then you brought in Michael Bennett, you just added $5 million right. more salary there. Like Some of these obvious moves are things you didn't even account for previously. Like That's that's more money. It's, it's more complicated. There's no... The easy options are kind of dwindling now, and it's like you're going to have to make some of these tough decisions I just I find it very hard to believe with the way that we see Howie Roseman make these trades and the way he operates. Oh yeah, he's not that, done. that he's just like, no, I'm not going to trade him. I'm I'm fine with the 5.2 million that we would save uh, by getting rid of him. I'm fine with keeping it. I just think that it's not just about this year only. I know like you people might be talking about you know the Super Bowl window is now, but that's it's not. And how it is. It's not. It that's is, not untrue. But it's yeah. not Howie's job to just think about this year. He still has to think about future years. That mm-hmm. is his job. He has to have that long term mindset. And with the cap space this year, it's not just year to year like it is in the NBA. And you have a you know like you can spend whatever. It's not like that. It rolls over. So. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have only $5 million next year, so they're already tight, and that's the, the fewest amount of cap space in the NFL next year. So 
where are you getting this money from all of a sudden to extend Carson Wentz? I just think there's a lot of moves to be made. I think that it would be really tough to have Nick Foles stay here and not play a single game. And you just spent 5.2 or you spent the whole 7 million cap number on him. And you didn't get those picks that you really need and are, are more valuable than ever to this team because you need guys on rookie contracts because you can't go out there and free agency and pay people when you're so tight on the cap. I just think getting those picks and getting the cap space, and I think they do believe in Nate Sudfeld, and they can bring in, I don't know, someone else, another veteran or whoever uh, to help out in the quarterback room, but I, I just think it makes more sense. I just think the way how he operates, I just would be surprised if Nick Foles is not traded. Yeah, I, I would be I'd be really shocked too because as you are saying those things now and you're, you're going going through down the line, it's even, I would say it's a bigger risk to not do this in the long term than it would be for the short term. I think we can just go in and win this thing. Uh, and and we're, you know, th- that's the other thing, too. I don't know how long it's going to take for Carson to feel comfortable, but certainly mm. he's not dead. Yeah. You know, like I just feel like everybody just goes, well, it's going to be an RG3 thing, and he's going to be out the field, and they're going to rush him out there. Why would they? They're not going to rush no him out there. No one is saying rush him out there, by the way. <laughs> no one, literally no one is saying that. Yeah, yeah. so it is. And uh, you just look at, like you were saying, BLG, of, of all these all these different spots here, uh, you're going to need more than six picks to go ahead and and make those things happen for the future. You need a guy like, again, they traded for Daryl Worley, $650,000. It doesn't mean that he's going to be an all-world talent, and we certainly don't know what's going to happen in the next two years and then he becomes a free agent, but that's what you're going to have to do. It's that and it's it's UDFAs, which Howie's been really good at too. But mm-hmm. you need a you need a ton of uh, different ammo here, Trey. When we're we're talking about you know oh you got to go find guys that uh, can go eventually back up Jason Peters. Mm-hmm. You only get one shot at that really, yeah. and that's all they have right now. And it's the worst pick in the first round, which is fantastic because we've never it's experienced actually it. the best. It's pick the, in the best first pick round. in the first yeah. round. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but you, the talent pool then becomes uh, a little more limited here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they're going to need that for the next couple of years. Definitely. Um, and then when you look at, okay, what are you going to do to, if you were to go offensive line and try to try to firm up the, up, up the group, do you go with just a traditional tackle? Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, my guy out of Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, McGlinchey, yes. Yeah, McGlinchey, who is a traditional tackle. He's 6'7", you know, or – do you look at some of the other guys that are going to be kind of your your in between, you know, players that can kind of fill those spots, you know, that uh, that are tackles in college, but would once they get on a professional level, like um, Martinez um, Racken out of Mississippi State, yeah, you, yeah, know, you like him, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, six five, he he looks like a guy that could step in and play right away, you know, because I look at when I watch a guy, I don't look at. You know, if he has good ankle flexion and all of that stuff, you know, <laughs> I look at, okay, can he play the game and how much of it do we need to fix for him to step onto the field? And he's one of those guys that could play tackle and also go in the guard if needed. You know, uh, I think uh, Big Mike out of Notre Dame is just too tall to go inside. I mean, he's 6'7". He yes, yeah. You know, yeah, you're not going to be a, a guard at 6'7". And then I think uh, David Bright out of Stanford is another guy that could kind of be – one of those guys that can mix into that guard position if need be. Another six-five guy doesn't have a lot of bad habits um, that can play the game. But you know, other than that, I mean, yeah, yeah you're just kind of like yeah, I think you're going in a lot air, of different you know? directions. Yeah, and, and I and I start to wonder too if just 
because it doesn't sound like Nigel Bradham's coming back at all. Like, I think that's pretty much mm-hmm. sewn up in a done deal because we haven't heard anything uh, other than that. The the other curious thing that I, and this came from NJ.com, is are they really going to try to extend Patrick Robinson, which is which is another thing. It was like, all right, well, where are you finding the money for this thing? You know, like you, you have that, you're going to, and, it, and that'll probably make a lot of people upset if they go with Patrick Robinson and just be like, all right, we don't need Nigel Bradham, and now you're you're without a, a, a Sam linebacker going into the year. You've got Jordan Hicks, who's had uh, injuries uh, that have lingered ever since he's got here, and then you have Michael Kendricks again. Like, it seems to me that, you know, they're, they're, they're linebacker at 32 is a, is a huge possibility. Uh, and also, like, wouldn't it be a little surprising if Patrick Robinson is here? Um, see, here's where I'm at with that. I think to me, it'd be surprising because I think Patrick Robinson should be able to get, I mean, this is his chance to get the best. He, mm-hmm. This is he's coming off a career year. Mm-hmm. He's going to turn 31. Like this is his chance to probably get the best money he can at this point in his career. But with that said, this is a guy who, you know, he's gone through some injuries. He's been around to different teams and he hasn't had that success. Maybe he thinks, okay, uh, he came to Philadelphia. He said because Malcolm Jenkins is here. Maybe he he just genuinely that maybe that is a guy who genuinely does like it here, and he's fine with taking less money. And if you're the is Eagles, he Patrick Chung? Is that what it is? Well, if you're the <laughs> Eagles, I yeah. mean, you don't have a guy who is an obvious replacement for him in the slot. Like you can say Jalen Mills, but we don't know. Like Jalen Mills hasn't proven he can do that. Well, he can. Pat- he Patrick, just can't. Patrick Robinson yeah. is a guy that you know is proven, and that's that's that could be valuable to them. So I think. Uh, it would be surprising. One name to keep an eye out, though, if they do go linebacker. Earlier this week, uh, Tony Pauline of DraftAnalyst.com said that Leighton Van Der Esch, Ooh, who boy. has three Flyers goalie names as his yes, whole he name, does. He does. Uh, is a guy that they like. So that's something to keep an eye out there. Yeah, and he tested so well at the Combine. He's a really interesting guy. Again, it can kind of fly all over the place. Rashawn Evans is another one to keep uh, keep an eye on, certainly. There's some Alabama connections, too, and uh, we will uh, continue on what the Eagles could possibly, maybe, what are they going to do? Uh, I just feel like there's a little bit of fireworks coming in. Somebody is gonna, definitely going to be upset by the time it hits March 15th. It is BGN Radio. Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gouton, and John Barchard, all right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Certainly, uh, as we, you know, Talk about all these different potential moves that could happen with the Eagles. You know, there's a, there is to me at least a little. My God, it's our, it's over already. The, the team is already changing, and although you know there was probably a lot of back and forth with with Torrey Smith in the beginning of the year with you know drops and uh, if you looked at any of his Twitter mentions, it wasn't the great. But like my favorite part of this team had to be Chris Long and Torrey Smith, like, especially because Torrey was so open. And he's fantastic on Twitter. And I, I actually heard him uh, this morning because uh, him and uh, Howard Eskin still have a, a ton of uh, debates to to keep uh, going into, especially with uh, Michael Jordan and LeBron. That was one of the best things because uh, Torrey would always clown uh, uh, Eskin in the locker room himself and just, you know, constantly for, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes just go after him. But the one thing I will do is, is Torrey Smith is one of the most genuine guys. And this was kind of his message to uh, Philadelphia as he uh, has he left uh, yesterday. Um, there's there's no negative vibes. There's no hostility. I'm not mad. Like I know things I could have done better, and I know I wasn't the best version of myself. But you know, I I was there when we needed the most, and um, I was there to play my part to help us win it all. So to show respect to people who you know I genuinely love and care about, um, who were special to me this year, 
Um, it, it means the world. And I know that, you know, whenever I'm done and I come back, you know, I can always stop by there, you know, whether it's Mr. Lurie or, or Dom or the coaches or whoever, you know, like that, that type of stuff is forever. And I'll be up in contact and a, a lot as long as I'm living. So uh, to have the opportunity to still be around here, I'll, you know, every time I drive up 95 past the link, you know, I'll know that, hey, uh, you know, I was a part of that. My boys were able to experience that. And that's all stuff you can't take away. So to be able to lead that message, um, especially, and I hope that people that, you know, I acknowledge know that it was sincere, um, and, and even including the fans. Yeah, and that's where it's just, he was always that way. And uh, he went on to, to say also that it's just like I, in this Eagles locker room, I learned so much about, being a better man, you know, just with, with everybody he goes, yeah, it wasn't all kumbaya and stuff all the time, but you know, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. Trey, do you have that kind of connection too with uh, the, the guys that you all played with then and the, the things you accomplished with the, with the titles of the Super Bowl run and things like that? Definitely. Um, you know, and, and this was a very special group of guys in that locker room. And I think that they all really got a, got along really well. And I know it, like it, with any team, whenever, whenever you have, a bunch of guys around each other all the time. There are going to be a couple issues that just pop up here and there. But I think all in all, this group really enjoyed being around each other. And I think Doug Peterson did a really good job of bringing back, and I say this all the time, bringing back that family vibe to the locker room, you know, that had been missing for a couple years. And I think that's one of the things that he small brought jab, back. Small jab. Yeah, just a little bit, you know. But he did a good job of of bringing that back and making these guys really care about each other. And and, ba- and that's why when guys get released, they like you know what I understand it. It's the business of it. I take a long hard look at myself and look at my production. I get it, and we move on because you know at the end of the day you can always come back here. This is home for you, and and, and you know you just appreciate that. And with Tory, I mean, I think it's actually better he got traded because. He's making five million this year, yeah. And, and Tory, you know, like he was—he stepped up in the playoffs. That was great. He helped this team win the Super Bowl. He didn't have the best regular season. I don't think Tory was getting five million if he got cut. No, so probably not. He still makes that five million that he probably wasn't going to make. I think that actually kind of helped him out. And again, no disrespect to Tory Smith, but like the constant thing of why Carolina did is like, well, they didn't want to get into a bidding war with Tory Smith, <laughs> and you're going like. Yeah. Are you serious? A hey. bidding war hey, for Trey Tory said Smith? that earlier. You took a shot to him? <laughs> hey. Well, I heard it from somebody else, so, you know. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm along. But, like, that's, that's – I know that the Panthers were, were desperate for help and they need a wide receiver too, but, like, good Lord, you know. Hey. I, it's uh, – that's it was just – Kind of a, a really befuddling move to me from from the Carolina side, but eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. If you want to get in, it's BGN Radio. Trey Thomas, Brandon Gowton, and of course uh, myself, John Barchard. All year, you can find us on the Twitter dot com at BGN underscore Radio. If you can't get in uh, there, but the, the reason why I bring all this stuff up, do you really think that the chemistry of all that, and now we're seeing some things change, and Michael Bennett's going to be here, and you're going to have new guys here? H- how much? In, you know, is is that is it just really Doug creating that family environment so it will always be kind of the same locker room or is there really something that can throw it all off? But simply because you just need that extra juice to try and get back to the Super Bowl and try to go win one again. Well, I think now the scouting department is an extremely detailed group of guys that they're not going to go out there and invest in someone that's just going to come in and start chipping away at what they built, you know. Um, so whoever they're going to go and bring in, 
They're going to make sure that this guy is going to come in and, 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 and play his role and get along with a group of guys, you know, get along with the team. Because you don't want to bring someone in that's just going to become a cancer because everything about because we spend too much time together. Yeah. And when you start bickering with each other and all this other stuff, that affects your production on the field. And I don't think that, you know, the, it, the scouting department is not going to allow that to happen. You know, I don't care how talented the player is. If he has that type of attitude and that type of mentality, we'll let him stay where he ever is. Yeah. And, yeah. and then just kind of like let yeah, that's not, that's not worth which is, it. Which, again, if it does happen with Michael Bennett or if it happens with Worley or if it does happen with, hopefully, hopefully it's Sue that comes in there too. <laughs> like, they're, they're all of those guys have an opportunity to go, okay, we don't need you anymore, bye-bye, because the way their contracts are currently structured right now, yep. you can move on from them pretty easily. And as we get into draft time too, uh, this is the thing that I don't think people understand, and you touched on a very good point, Trey. Mm-hmm. Jobs are won, not on the forty. And certainly not on the bench press or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. If somebody likes you, they're going to give you a job. Yeah. It is that simple. And that we've heard that from Dan Hatman from inside the pylon, former scouts, former everybody. The process is just like you said. Do I like you? And if you, as long as you don't fart onions and ketchup like they did in Step Brothers, <laughs> you're pretty much good. Like yeah. you're talented and you're ready to go. That's that's really all you need. Let's go to Will in Jenkintown. What's up, Will? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for taking my call. You got it, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, You know, uh, first off, I want to say when it comes to the whole team and trading-wise of uh, Nick Foles, it's something that was a big issue, obviously, now. And, I mean, I agree with the caller who called earlier this week. you got to trust the system. If it happens, it's for the best. They're they're not going to be stupid and get nothing for it. Right. If it doesn't happen – they're reassuring, you know, the team and everything. Like, you know, we're pressing forward. We're going for another championship. So either way, you trust the system. And uh, what I wanted to ask you guys is, you know, when Tom Brady's throwing the football, and I, I hate to say this because how many games we lost him, when he's throwing the football, you always feel like no matter what, he's going he's gonna to hit his target. It's just a matter of how many yards they're going to get that way. Did you guys feel that way for Nick Foles? Because in the whole Super Bowl – Every time he threw it, I thought, well, you know, it's going to be caught. <laughs> we don't have to worry oh, about yeah. that. And the last, actually, that in the, from like the, the first series, after the first series of the NFC Championship game, I was like, he's never going to miss again yeah. for the rest right. of the, for the rest of this playoff run. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Every time he threw, you're just like, yeah, 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 this will be fine. Just, you know, let's see if we can get a touchdown. And they went for it in fourth down in that last yep. drive prior to going to Earth. Somebody's going to catch him. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're going to get it. Yes. Thank you guys for taking my call. You guys are awesome. You got yeah, it, Will. Thanks, Thanks for Will. calling in, man. Yeah, it does. It did have that, that kind of feel to it for sure. Yeah. Man, and then, you know, I had the chance of watching Tom Brady in practice, you know, when we went out there for training camp. Yeah. And, man, I have to say, man, I have never yeah. seen a quarterback prepare and throw the way he did when he was in training camp. Man, it seemed like – It was crazy. Man. He was here in 2013. Yeah. It was nuts. Dude, ridiculous. Like, it seems like once his cleats hit the grass, everybody got quiet, and it was just – It's Tom time, everybody. It's Tom time. <laughs> and then after he yeah. was done, it's like he disappeared – <laughs> and somebody was carrying his helmet and pads, yep. and you know, and he's like, and that's why I have a Victoria's Secret model as my wife. <laughs> you know, this is what I do. You know, and I mean, he was just it's ridiculous. Crazy. I mean, yeah. you know, to watch, he was throwing sixty-yard bombs like I'm throwing the ball to you. Yeah, just like in the and parking lot. I mean, lot. he was just ridiculous. I mean, you know, to just watch how he prepared. Now, folks, this was extremely. He was clean. 
during the during the postseason. I've never seen that in his career yeah, either. He but, was yeah, clean. Yeah. I mean, I think Doug did a really good job of tapping in to whatever he needed to for Foles to get his confidence where it needed to be for him to go out there and, and, and become the Super Bowl MVP. We turn to the two shining stud diamond earringed friend of the program, Mr. Todd from South Philly. What's up, Todd? Yo, what's up, Johnny Barchard? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, buddy. How you doing, BLG and Trey? I'm How's good, man. Awesome, awesome. All right, so really quick, while I was waiting on the phone, I had an epiphany. I finally realized why Malcolm Jenkins decided to kill Brandon Cooks during the Super Bowl. Last offseason, <laughs> how he was talking about trading Malcolm Jenkins for yeah. – uh, Malcolm was still pissed. He decided to put that kid six feet under. <laughs> yeah, that is a fantastic theory, and I don't know why I didn't put that together because we had mentioned that it, during the show. That's right, Todd. It took me a month. But, uh, <laughs> so I also wanted to talk about trades so far this year have yeah. been pretty good in every team's favor except for this Panthers trade with us. Yeah, so I'm confused bad. on well, why they did it. but I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure about some of those Browns trades either. Like I think, I think Jarvis Landry's a good – Player, I you know it doesn't mean that the Browns are so. I I feel like the Browns are going like, oh cool, we have all this stuff now. Let's go eight and eight. We have a lot of toys. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> let's just go find some uh, some uh, Drew Holidays, as as I'd like to say. Yeah, the Panthers did not want to get in a bidding war. <laughs> <laughs> the the Panthers pulled a Browns for one. Yeah, so, like, that's it, nice. Especially after they got rid of Dave Gettleman, it kind of surprises me that they could downgrade because Dave Gettleman already wasn't that great, and now now their new GM's just already handing out stuff for uh, bad players like Torrey Smith. And like Torrey's a great guy in the locker room, and maybe that's what they needed. But they do have they don't have a lot of great guys in their locker room over there, so maybe that's what they were paying for. But that seems really strange to me that that's that's what they would do. Yeah, and it, listen, I'm I'm rooting for them too because they were well, of course they didn't like they didn't recite ten again, which was really weird. And then they just went with like two enormously big, slow wide receivers, and then they traded KB to the Bills after that, and then they had four. That's it. They had four wide receivers on the roster. And you're going. Well, this is easy. You know, this is how can we make Cam Newton uh, worse? Oh, uh, let's uh, let's just uh, have uh, no speed on our on our offense at all. So I I really do think that he will be helpful there in in that sense, and I hope that he has a, a good rest of his career with Cam Newton, but not too good, not too good. Yeah, that's not true. Too good. We want him to do well. We wish you well, but don't don't, I agree. don't do and too last much. Thing, <laughs> last thing before I go, everybody who's listening right now, if you haven't already, go to Patreon.com. What a guy. BGN Radio. These guys, 20%, I believe, or 25% goes to No Kids Hungry mm-hmm. Foundation, helps kids stay fed. So go go pledge even a dollar helps. It Have is. a good one, guys. really does. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate Thank the phone call there. And, and what you get with the, that lovely Patreon package, there's a bunch of different tiers. There's extra podcasts. There's certainly some behind-the-scenes stuff. And... and uh, get ready because we're going to have some film room sessions uh, in in yes. there as well from our from our new guys that are coming in through there. So eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. What would you do next for this Eagles team? Uh, because the only things that we can really think of is hey, there's Nick Foles, and hey, there's uh, uh, you know uh, maybe some some value with Darby. Maybe there's some value with Michael Kendricks, but. We're just all kind of sitting here and shrugging and, and waiting for the inevitable because there is no way that Howie Roseman is comfortable with six picks and no picks during day two when you are the Super Bowl champion and you're going to Dallas. You need to have Brian Dawkins up there on Friday night saying, hallelujah, we are the Super Bowl champions and just enjoy the booze and just, you know, stick it back to uh, yeah. to Drew Pearson and the rest of those Cowboys fans that, that are down there. It is BGN Radio. Trey Thomas, 
Brandon Lee Gout and John Barchard, all right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We were just chatting about it, and the funny thing about because you know social media is just is so rampant now. There's there's a ton of young kids that are playing in the NFL around this time when it's free agency or the draft or whatever. I, you, you get tagged in them too. Like everybody gets tagged. In. Hey Trey. Hey Brandon. Hey John. What do you think of this? Is this cryptic tweet that is said? It's like nothing. I don't know. Like Jalen Mills is just says whatever he wants to say, and everybody just kind of like thinks that's a. Uh, that's a something. That's my favorite part about this. I think that happened already too. Like, remember when Sadie did that, and it was like everyone's like freaking out. I think he did it with Buffalo, and they were like, "Oh my gosh!" And he was like, "No, I was just tweeting about just, my car." Yeah, you're like, <laughs> "Oh no, I went to." Yeah, I was, I was just talking about bacon. You know, yeah. I was just yeah. Yeah, I just had some really good bacon, and it was yeah. it was. Benny Logan hated that stuff. Like, it, yeah. If if you if I see one more I emojis get quote tweeted or whatever I'm saying, y'all crazy. <laughs> so so. so uh, it literally means nothing unless, like, you know, Paul Richardson just said uh, on uh, on Twitter, the uh, Seahawks uh, or former Seahawks wide receiver now, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Uh, that's when you can kind of, like, start start thinking that uh, things are direct. happening. That's yeah. right. 888-729-9494. Last segment of uh, BGN Radio. Trey Thomas, Brandon Lee Gunn from BleedingGreenNation.com. Of course, I'm John Barchard. Uh, and we've uh, we've been just trying to figure out what Howie's next move is because uh, it looks like there's – there's only one real big one, and that's still Nick Foles. And obviously, we've been talking about that for forever. It seems like, but it's uh, the possibility seems uh, seems pretty real. Let's go to Ike in uh, Burlington. What's up, Ike? Yo, guys, how y'all doing? Good man, man good. Lo- love the show. Um, Thanks, Ike. Listen, I, I-, I wanted I-, I got two trade scenarios. I like to run by y'all, and then I, I wanted to ask you what you think about uh, the tight end position. But real quick, when now we're seeing what happens when you win a championship and how everybody else around the league wants a piece of that. When oh, you yeah. win a championship, people don't realize everybody on the team's value rises. And now we're seeing – you don't look at Tory Smith like you look at him coming here from the 49ers. The Panthers – all the Panthers team – was what he did in the playoffs, and if they can get anywhere near that production from him, that's what they want to pluck from us. That's why uh, Patrick Robinson's value going mm-hmm. up. That's why you're going to see Bo Allen go out and make some money. That's why you're going to see Trey Burton go out and make some money. And I believe you would go in two directions after you win a championship. You can build off of that and squeeze every bitch you can, and you've seen the Patriots do that, or you can hit rock bottom like the Broncos had right after they won it. They, they went all for nothing, and you can kind of see it falling apart a little bit. Mm. When you can when you can take advantage of them uh, situations, you can build. You, I, I believe that Howie's got something up his sleeve. He is not staying put. Oh, with there's the no way that we had. Yeah, yeah. there's there's no way, John. There's, there's no way. And honestly. If we're not, if if we're being honest with ourselves, yeah, we won the Super Bowl, but I can guarantee you, Jim Schwartz and that defensive side of the ball wasn't too happy with the performance. So I expect upgrades to be made. What do you think about sending if if the Cardinals are fine with it, Nick Foles and Ronald Darby to pair up with Patrick Peterson out there mm-hmm. for uh, a first round pick or a second or third and the Honey Badger? And, Man, and it's quite a package. And, yeah, 
hey, but I mean, they get a pass rusher, they get a cornerback to pair up with Patrick Peterson. You know what I mean? And my my second question, for losing Trey Burton, they said Mark uh, Michael Bennett was interested in joining the Patriots if they were going to keep his brother. Would you be interested in bringing Martellus Bennett into the fold? I mean, to have uh, for for the entertainment value alone, I <laughs> yeah. think I'd have to say yes. To yeah, have I mean, the Bennett brothers, <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Bring, great, great entertainment. Yeah, bring him in for a one year deal, and then just you know him and Billy Brown and whoever maybe maybe they draft another one uh, as well. But yeah, I'd I'd be open to it. Again, uh, I, I nothing long term because I don't know how long he's. But like honestly, I think you know he's got. Somewhat of an underrated career. I, you know, geez, whatever they did to him in Green Bay was was atrocious, and then he went back mm. to the Patriots there. But uh, he had some really good years with uh, with the Bears, and uh, yeah, I I would be I'd be open to that uh, to see uh, you know who can who can come in. It's the same thing that we keep saying. Like people would want to play here to go win another ring, and then if your brother's here and he can do it together, that's a that's a pretty good story. Let's go to Nick in uh, Bridgeport. What's up, Nick? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um... So I've been thinking, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and it, I can't help but think that Hallie Roseman and Doug have to be thinking about this scenario about with the whole Nick Foles and uh, Carson Wentz thing. Being that Carson is, has his ACL injury, and you know he's, he's been injury-prone through college too, coming back from that kind of injury and being the running quarterback that he is, I think. What do you think about? Oh, don't say it, Nick. Them, don't say it. I don't. Don't, don't you listen, say it, Nick. Listen, don't, listen, don't, listen, don't, listen, don't do listen. it, Nick. I can see what direction you're going in. Listen. listen what are you me. and your I, homie I doing, man? Listen go go, go ahead. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Go ahead. Philadelphia. The rest of the Philadelphia fans aren't going to like this either. But it's it, it, as a business aspect for Philadelphia, for the best thing for Philly, not for friendship. It, it, if uh, they throw him on the market, with Carson Wentz on the market to see what somebody's going to offer for him, and keep Nick Foles. And All right, here's put- here, Nick. Here's what I'm thinking. No, yeah, that's not going to happen. Absolutely not. Boo what is wrong with man. everybody here? Yes, yes. Boo that man. Boo him. <laughs> Foles won the like, Super Bowl, and that is uh, amazing. It was everything here is unexpected, <sighs> and, and now the un- unexpected just like. Uh, you know, previous caller before him was stating, you got to find some ways to go get better. Clearly, Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Nick Foles. Yeah, and and if you and, and if you are questioning that by any means, here's what I want you to do: go at in, in this the simplest form. I believe on Amazon right now, it's twenty bucks. Go pick up the NFL Films Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl Championship DVD. Go watch the first seven, eight, nine weeks of the season. And look how many plays Carson Wentz made. Now, you're going to say that, well, if the offensive line helped both and blah, 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 that is 100% not true in the beginning of the season, and you are forgetting how good that kid is. The way that yeah. he has used his movement, which he should not stop moving. Everyone is injury-prone in the NFL. It's just bound to happen. Yeah. Sure, there are guys that are much worse uh, that that you know continue to get injured. We've seen Sam Bradman. I think you can label Jordan Hicks that as well at this point in his career. However... Uh, so if you want to make that case, Nick Foles is also injury prone in this league. You know, he's never fully started, uh, an entire year. And some of that has been due to injury. Everybody gets hurt. Everybody gets hurt. It's not, it's not, you know, if you're going to get hurt it's when you're going to get hurt, you know, everybody gets hurt. And it's, it's, we play a violent game. Injury yes. is going to be there. And the guy went down going for a touchdown. It's not yes. like he was just standing around and 
was clumsy and fell down some stairs and you know and hurt his. I mean, the guy—he's reckless now. Yeah, You're like, what oh are you talking God, about, you know, man? Yeah, he just tripped over a bag and you know. I, I mean, the dude <laughs> went in, laying it all on the line. For a touchdown. That's right. And in, in a very important game to in go. a very important the game. NFC if you're going to go down, that's how you go down. Well, uh, I hope you guys have uh, had fun. Stop uh, it. Ruben Frank told me that I'm going to learn a thing or two uh, in the next uh, few hours as he's coming in from 6 to 10. So I'm looking forward to that. 888-729-9494. Trey Thomas. Yeah. Can we find out who uh, Odell went through to get that, that pizza, man? Yeah, that, that good. pizza looks amazing on the video. The pep- he can keep all the other stuff. The pepperoni's really sharp. The pepperoni sharp. pizza looks amazing. <laughs> for Trey Thomas, <laughs> for Brandon Lee Gout, and I'm John Barchard. This has been VJN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP.